could just edit out parts, probably. I have what, faith. What do you want me to edit in? <laughs> My gulp. <laughs> Put the gulp at the end. Jesus Christ. I'm just <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome to Right in the Fields, the only show that, you know, takes your nostalgia and then hits you in the gut with it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Nintendo 64, so if you didn't give a crap about the cartridges and the fact that they cost hundreds of dollars to get, and you didn't have the little Pikachu one where if you turned it on, its little cheeks lit up instead of a little red light, then this isn't the episode for you. If you don't like Donkey Kong Country 64 or Conker's Bad Fur Day, and you never felt the joy of plugging in a rumble pack for the first time, get the fuck out of here. That's all I have to say. Chelsea? Yeah, see, please see yourself out. Please see yourself out. I'm going to be more polite about it than Terry, but yeah, this is not for you, so just exit now. Stage left. I feel like we need to put these disclaimers up front because this is a nostalgia podcast. We talk about the things that were really cool back in the day, and because we have no life, we still think they're really cool because we've never caught up with the what's hip and what's happening, I guess, as the kids say, right? They say that? I don't know. I tried to be hip and happening, and you shut me down today. <laughs> it's because you literally texted me song lyrics from a song from like 2004. That's the least hip thing you could do. I feel like it's retro now. It's coming back. It's retro. It's 2004 yeah. retro. Fuck roll. That's, you know, <laughs> that's a whole nother issue. But what I'm saying is <laughs> you could have just listened to the song and been happy, Terry. And instead you said no. I have several notes on this. I want to get. I want you to tell your story again. For full disclaimer, we're going to go over some things we already talked about because we were recording for a half an hour and our device wasn't actually recording. So, <laughs> if it Guess sounds the... like scripted, it's because it is. Guess who's the brains <laughs> behind this operation? Listen, you son of a bitch. Sorry, <laughs> number two. <laughs> All right, so I was on TikTok because again, I'm hip and I'm happening. I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> you should I've get... never. I don't post things on TikTok because you're too old to do that, but (laughs) you could scroll through. No, no, no. Let me talk. Vine till I die. Okay? (laughs) That's what I have to say about it. So I was scrolling through TikTok and I follow, like, I follow this this, this lady. Uh, You should follow her. It's I work at a hotel. That's the name of her account is at I work at a hotel. All spelled out. And she was talking about these kids that were trying to get her attention. She works at the front desk at a hotel and it was a landline phone. You press zero, it calls somebody, right? And they couldn't figure out where the receiver was. They had never seen the dongle aspect, you know, like the, the, you know, the headset that you pick up and you put to your ear. They had never seen that before and they did not know how this contraption worked. Wait, 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 wait. You said it's called a dongle? Well, a dongle is any, any like mechanical thing that you plug into something else. Dong. <laughs> yes, dong. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Come at me about being lowbrow and you're just like, dong. You said dong. I did. And I'll continue to say dong over and over again because it makes you giggle for some reason because you're 12. <laughs> Even though I just said that how old we are, which is old. But yeah, they couldn't figure it out. And I had never felt so old. Like even my daughter, like, you know, because I'm old, I show her stuff. And so she knows what, like, an old phone looks like because that's, like, her play phone, you know? Yeah, because you just didn't throw it away, hoarder. <laughs> Don't hoard. I'm cheap. There's a difference. Um, well. but why, can you tell me again why you were listening to a Bay and texting me the lyrics at, like, okay. 8 o'clock at night? Okay, so picture this. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> picture it. Sicily. 
<laughs> whatever so no so here I am after class doing my little you know decompress scroll on new you know really it's not decompressing anymore is what I'm gonna say like is it just like regretting that you are going to law school <laughs> no it's regretting just, life it's, decisions? it's just depressing not decompressing <laughs> she's just crying like going over law, law materials so you're just like oh case studies <laughs> Well, mostly no it's mostly like i get done with class i'm like man like i need a distraction i get on the news it's like everything is worse than anything that class ever could have and i was like fuck there's nothing sadder than when you're like well 2020 can't get any worse and they're like oh fire tornadoes i'm like well fuck like, that's my bad guys i had to yeah. say it yeah just now you said it again so sorry for whatever natural disaster occurs I know I'm expecting the aliens that we discovered to just like go, you know what? These monkeys should not have nuclear warheads. Let's just let's just delete them. Let's just, you know, it goes full on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and they just like destroy us to make way for a new highway. So you went Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I went Men in Black when you're in the creatures little. Uh... But why don't we meet in the middle and say Independence Day? <laughs> oh, my favorite. OK. <laughs> Again, Bill this this Bill Pullman's you... speech is so good. Okay, does it does it just not give you chills? Like yes, it's still, still. I, sometimes I just watch it to get hyped up. Like I was I was playing Call of Duty and I play with some real bros and they're just like listening to like Viking music and like they like they put on like the, the seriously the playlist from Vikings. They're just like, yeah, man, I can feel my Mountain Dew tattoo from here. And I'm just over here just like listening to Bill Pullman telling me we're not gonna go quietly into the night. And I'm like, you're goddamn right, dropping into Warzone, <laughs> get killed three seconds in by a kid who's like four. <laughs> uh, it's worth it. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> on repeat. I exactly. Anyway. But so, like, again, this, this show is not going to be for you if you do not get all these references, because this show is only references. Do we have intelligent commentary of our own? Definitely not. Well, no. Well, not intelligent commentary. We have commentary. It's yeah, different. I was going to say. Uh, so anyway, there I am, scrolling through Twitter, minding my own business, as you will. <laughs> and uh, I come across the funniest tweet I've seen, you know, in a while in such a, such a dark, dark world. And it's uh, a news article that I did not read, sorry, <laughs> about uh, a Confederate monument in, in Texas, right? And Hurricane Laura is down there right now, you know, pounding Texas, which is just honestly unfortunate, uh, you know. I'm not laughing uh, at Hurricane, just you said pounding again, and I'm four. I'm sorry, thrashing? <laughs> Much better. <laughs> it's getting fucked up down there. So it is. It's, <laughs> It's it's not good. Uh, hopefully everyone remains safe. But a monument that they had just voted to keep in uh, in light of all of the calls to remove symbols of racism and oppression and, and the social justice movements going on across the country. And they had voted to keep it. And then Hurricane Lore came in and <laughs> fucking knocked a tree over. And it uh, took out the monument. And so how does this relate to Abebe, you may ask? You know, Hurricane Chris throwback I mean, I can, that I, I texted can Terry I can see it. <laughs> is because Chance the Rapper fucking quote tweeted it, and all he said was A.M.A.M.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what the fuck? Chance the Rapper's pun game is on point. Like, that's like three steps removed. That's almost like Cockney slang right there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, genius is all I have to say. <laughs> But the fact that you were like getting so hyped, you're like, you gotta listen to Abe Bay, and I'm like, no, I don't have to. <laughs> no listen, way do I have to listen to that right I now. I texted more people than just you, and they all listened to it and had a great time. 
I think you need more friends like me. I think this is what or the moral of the story. I have met my quota of you. <laughs> That's probably also true. It's not mutually exclusive. I think you need more people like me, but also go, oh, I also need to get rid of Terry then. I think that comes up on most people's like to-do list. Like like shut out or like uh what's it called when you cut out a friend? Like they talk about it in friends. They're like, you know, when you just cut them out of the friend group. More people are like these days just like Terry's just too much, right? And they're like, yeah, like that's just <laughs> <laughs> like slowly I, I see myself being removed from like group text messages and then every like, once in a while i'll text somebody who i'm like like hey man what are you doing this weekend they're like oh new new phone who dis i was like who's getting a phone <laughs> new phone during covid what the fuck is this first of all that, new phone who dis terry how old are you i mean i text that to my mom like once a week <sighs> and like I, I mean like i text her that on <laughs> like unprompted <laughs> unsolicited just (laughs) who are you i think it's funny and also because my mom doesn't understand text messaging or like phone etiquette at all she's like what like she's just like (laughs) honest to god confused and then just hurt and you know that's what being a child is all about that's you know parent child relationship yeah uh maybe you know for us but (laughs) i don't think it's (laughs) supposed to be that way Anyway, speaking of parent-child relationships, we're going to talk about one of the best toys of all time, the Nintendo 64. This actually came a couple of requests. We wanted to do this, but a couple of requests after we did our episode on toys, we're like, you guys should talk about more video game stuff. And I was like, we could talk about the PlayStation, but is there anything more toy-like than Nintendo? Like, they still say they're a toy company, which is genius, because they really are. And when I think, like, nostalgia, the Nintendo 64 just hits more home. Because who the fuck holds on to cartridges these days? Me. I have all of them still. (laughs) In a bag. That was was one of the coolest things. When I moved in with my wife, when we first started dating, um, she handed me a box. She was like, you like, like, video games and stuff? Do you want to hook this up and play it? And she hands me this box full of Nintendo 64 shit. Like, tons of games, like, five controllers, and it's the Pikachu Nintendo 64 with the little cheeks that light up. And I was like, I I have to marry this girl. And I did, in fact, marry that girl. Yeah, that's true. She didn't run, so. (laughs) She was like, have you ever played Pokemon Snap? I'm like, have I played Pokemon Snap? Pokemon Snap, Snap, first of all. Dumb. (laughs) Dumb question. And then I sat there and I, I, whatever you would call it back then, I 100%ed. I platinumed uh, uh, Pokemon Snap that weekend. And it was an yeah. amazing experience. And you said, wow, just like old times. Well, I never beat it because I didn't own a Nintendo 64 for a long time. That's why I, it's so nostalgic for me is it was like a special treat. You'd go over to somebody else's house who could afford a Nintendo 64. And the fact that their cartridges were randomly priced, that was like the one holdover from like classic Super Nintendo and even Atari era games is like game companies just charge whatever the fuck they wanted. There was no real standard until the PlayStation hit. And even then, like while their standard was mostly fifty dollars, Nintendo was like, "We're going to charge fifty dollars for some games, but also eighty, seventy, ninety. Who knows? Like, what? Let's see what we can get away with. <laughs> Fuck it. Roll, roll the dice. Like, what will people pay for? And the the fact is, <laughs> oh, they will pay all of it because pay a lot. They once again, as the as you said, like marketing as a toy company, they own all the best. Like, in my opinion, childlike properties. Like, you know, like young kid properties like when you first start gaming properties like for sure it's what got my kids into gaming recently i've tried a bunch of different things they like spiral the dragon but you know what they fucking love mario kart exactly who doesn't who the fuck does not so right now top of your head best nintendo 64 game go 
It's not even a contest. Ocarina of Time. It's the best game of all time. It's the best game of all time? It's the best game of all time. It's really good. It is really good. It, in it, my opinion, it's the best game of all time. You play more games, number one. No, <laughs> They've gotten better. I, I don't know if you know this. But... I have. I have played a ton of games, but it is still... <laughs> and and part of it is nostalgia. Uh, part right. of it is definitely nostalgia-driven, but it's still, like challenging even though i i play it once a year now just you know as a as a homage (laughs) but uh it's still challenging it still like gives me the same sense of wonder when i play it that i got the first time that i played it when i was what like six it still has one of the most gorgeous open world games which is a lot to say for like you know it's 64 bits it's like all you know you look up you can see the sky tearing in like 13 different places (laughs) you fall down in the hole by the mountains yeah no i get it like (laughs) But it, no, but it still does look cool. Right, and it's still, I mean, the puzzles are still, like, the Water Temple is still a bitch. I, all these years later, like, it came out in, what, 98, I think? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, 98, so it's been a long 22 years, and it's still <laughs> hard as a bitch. Like, anyone who hasn't played it, if you're listening and you're young, and you're just, I don't know why you're still listening to this episode, go play it. It's hard. Okay, goodbye. I mean, go pick up the 3DS version, or uh, my favorite version of it is pick up the Master Quest version on the GameCube, and it contains the normal version, but it also contains the mirrored Master Quest version with the different yeah. randomization and the harder yeah, bosses yeah. and stuff. Really, I mean, really cool. I like I like that version also. But there's just something about putting in the cartridge, busting it out, like playing... Pounding it a little bit. Yeah. Thrashing exactly. around. Blowing in it first. To get it to <laughs> Every cartridge said, "Don't blow into this cartridge," and we're like, "Shut up! You don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you feel like a tech expert when you can get it to work. Got to rub the back of the TV, smack it a couple times. Yeah, you, you, like I had to like flick my N64. There was like some loose like components where the cartridge sat, so like I would have to like you know flick it and shake it back into place, and then I would be able to reset it and play Super Smash Bros. for another 45 hours. But uh, <laughs> so what, listen, what would your, what? go ahead. No, I was gonna say, what, what would your game be? Top, you know, best. Uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I have some comments on Legend of Zelda and your your poor choice of words here. So, best game of all time. I get it. I get it. You don't play a lot of games, and you're horrible That's at games. Not so it's not true. Um, That's not true. And I want people to know it's not because she's a girl. That's some sexist bullshit. Chelsea's just bad at stuff. That's, That's a completely not true. That's not true. <laughs> it's just it's her as a person true. is what the issue is. Terry, fuck you. But anyway, so Legend of Zelda, I have some really awesome memories because, like I said, I didn't have a Nintendo 64. I wasn't really a Nintendo kid. Um, The first console I ever had in my home was like a Sega Genesis that my sisters had borrowed and I think probably technically stole. And then for Christmas of like 96, we got a PlayStation or 96 or 97. It was like the first year it came out. It was a really big deal. And my sisters were dumb, so they couldn't figure it out very well. And they were bad at stuff, too. You'd get along with them, maybe. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) And so, like, I know your sisters, first of all. No, they're awful. I mean, well, half of them are awful. I I love you guys. If you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) Talk a lot of shit about you. Um, (laughs) I talk a lot of shit about everyone. Maybe that's why I don't get Maybe that's why they take me off group text messages. It's you my really hung up on this. Did something happen? <laughs> uh, so many things happen. I get ghosted all the time. That's why I just make new friends. But I always know that Chelsea will still be there because everyone h- hates her too. Anyways. <laughs> I love you, Chelsea. I'm sorry. Um, you can't see it though. 
<laughs> I can't, but I can feel it. So I, it, you're doing a good job. Um, the N64 was always kind of like this mistress, you know, like I was always hunting for, her. I was like, ah, that would be so much better, but I loved my PlayStation and, but like the Nintendo was the other, it was like, oh, how good would that be if I had that? And my cousins had them. So whenever they would come to town and we got to hang out, that's when I got to play the N64 And the big game that I always wanted to play was Legend of Zelda because it was the first like open world 3D game I had ever seen in my entire life. And that's true for a lot of people that and like mario 64 but mario 64 was just the castle and i love that it's one of my favorite games of all time but legend of zelda you go out onto the fields of hyrule and you look up again it's the sky it's tearing everywhere but i never saw a sky in a video game and you could look around and you could there were secrets there were secrets that you could find hidden places yeah. and your ocarina was magic and you got a sword and if you pulled the sword from the fucking stone you're an adult how fucking cool is that game <laughs> It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's the coolest. And you got the boots that let you hover for a little while. And I would just play my, like, almost adult cousin's profile and ruin his game because I wanted all the stuff and I was too dumb to get it on my own because I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds about right. I'm bad at games, though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That statement still stands. Again, not mutually exclusive. Also, I see the picture of you flipping me off. Thank you for the context. I, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't fully understand until you sent the picture. So thank it's you. It's okay. You're welcome. But best game of all time, cannot say that. But on the N64, it's up there. It's probably the best N64 game. But can we say that we put any more time into that than 007? Golden? No. No, okay. I was thinking that. Like Mario Party, Mario Party. Mario Party 2. Mario 64, Listen. Mario Kart 64. We spent an entire senior year of high school just playing Mario Kart 64. You're not wrong. What I'm saying is Mario Party 2 is the best Mario Party of all time, first of all. Uh, no, 100%. No, 100%. no stop on that. I don't think I could. Have you played the new one for the Switch? It's not fun. Oh, it was such a letdown, man. Like, I'm not, yeah. like, not just like, oh, this isn't as good as Mario Party 2. Like, no, like, it's bad. Yeah. Like, so... I was disappointed. We bought it, and then Kyle said, fuck this, and he sold it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally, we played it, like, two or three times, and he said, not the same. He thinks that Mario Party 3 is the best Mario Party. Is that it's one good. on N64 too? Yeah, it is. It's good. It's just not as good as Mario Party Is that the one with, with Mario with the cowboy hat on the cover, or is that 2? That's 2. Is the, yeah, is that's the my favorite. Cowboy. Yeah. So 3 lets you do uh, some new things. There's, like, some new uh, um, block uh, like they were all good right stuff. up to yeah. the Wii, I think. In my opinion, they were all good until the Wii. The Wii ones let me down a little bit. Too many gimmicks and shit. Yeah. And the GameCube yeah. ones were solid, but Mario Party 2 is where it's at. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's the best one, for sure. But anyways, but that's what I mean. When you say, like, Legend of Zelda is the best, it's really, really good. But once you finish that game, there is more to do, but, like, that's why Majora's Mask exists. That's such a cool thing. You can keep going, but as a standalone, while it is one of the best games of all time, I cannot argue with that. When it comes to the N64, I the nostalgia for it, there's four controller ports, you know? Yeah. They're, like that game, that created multiplayer to me because I had, I grew up with a PlayStation and the PlayStation was two player. And the only really good two player games are, you know, like Street Fighter. You know, it's the fighting games. And I love my PlayStation for that and maybe some racing games. But the N64, that created party mode, you know, that created. The, you know, let's all get Mountain Dew and Funyuns and we're going to sit here until I, you know, snipe you 45 times. And like and every I, single game had attacked on multiplayer and it was fucking fun because you could play it with four of your fucking friends. 
And I agree, uh, I, except for I spent most of my time when I had first gotten my N64 by myself. So hmm. Surprising, I, because you made it sound like you're so cool. But <laughs> you were alone playing the N64. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway... Terry, make fun of my you didn't have friends. Sad ass childhood. I had friends. <laughs> yeah. Epona and Navi. <laughs> hey, listen, you're alone. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, indigestion. Sorry about that. Chelsea, you still there? Yeah, that's also part of the reason that I really like Donkey Kong 64. One, it has a fantastic multiplayer. But two, the story is so engaging and it took so long to beat that I could just play it forever by myself. So many people give that game crap that aren't from our generation. They're usually a little bit older, like old enough to like play a lot of video games and grow up with the N64, but just a little too old to appreciate how long the game is. Because everyone else is like, it's just padding. You just collect shit and not in a fun way. I'm like, that was fun for a child. Like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> it was just, it never ended. I, I, play, I played, you know, 400 hours of that game. And I didn't exactly. have to know how to read. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. And like, there's hidden, you know, same as in, as in Ocarina Time. Like, there's the hidden levels. There's like. It's that open world. Yeah. And it, it was the open world that wasn't just a castle. Like, I love Mario and it had that hub world, which was so cool and honestly yeah. missing from all the later on, you know, games other than, I guess, Sunshine. But right. it didn't. It, you went to different levels. Whereas in with Donkey Kong, well, there, there were different levels. The, the hub world itself just felt so big and gigantic. Well, because it, it was fucking huge. Like, yeah, it invent, you had to have the expansion pack in order to play it. Yep. My um my 64 actually is the Donkey Kong 64 version, so it came with the game, and it's like the see-through green. The see-through green and it, it came with the expansion pack, so you could play it right out of the box. Yep, yep. Was yep. your expansion pack the pink one? I honestly don't remember. So it's I, ha- I have it downstairs. Console. Yeah, I don't remember what color it is, though, right now. I think Kyle's is out right now, not mine. I keep mine locked away. It's like if I had a Horcrux, it would be one the of N64. Them be, one of them would be my Nintendo 64. Like I don't doubt that at all. I know when we started to get a lot closer in high school, you're like, "How much do you like N64?" I'm like, "I like it a lot." And you're like, "But how much?" Like, but like really though, like if we're gonna be friends, like you gotta understand, like the only thing we do now is eat ice cream and play Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> like, to the point where, like, when my wife, when I introduced you to my wife, she was like, "So I'm completely fine with you having." A girl that's a friend, but like you guys spend a lot of time together playing video games and eating ice cream. I was like, no, that's literally what is happening. <laughs> and then she sat and watched us, and she said, "I can't, I can't watch this anymore." <laughs> so like, I it's said, not surprising no, Emily, you're gonna watch us play Pokemon Stadium too until it's three a.m. Like, how, how much do you want to drink and just play Mario Kart? Because that's what we're doing from Friday until I don't know until we wake up. I guess. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, like I don't know. Just call into work. Tell them you're playing Nintendo 64. Uh, oh, it's completely fine. But anyways, priceless. that's why it is. But that's what I always think of when it comes to N64. It's those party games. If it's yeah. not party games, it's peripherals. Like you think about how many fucking attachments go on in Nintendo 64. So we mentioned the expansion pack, but let's also talk about the first Rumble that was ever introduced Rumble. in the video games. Oh my god! Outside of the arcade, I guess. Like so you know, all those machines good. that shake. So like you good. shoved a thing into your controller <laughs> to make it shake, so, so that way you knew you could, you know, really be there. Which with was the 60, bold. With the sixty-four bit, 
the 64 bits if that didn't t- tell you you were in uh high rule you know what will the fact that it now shakes which i don't think actually adding the rumble pack made did anything to those earlier games i think it was only later games but still you get it yeah but still but like we- you would shove stuff into that controller which was bold because that controller was already fragile as fuck like you could flick a nintendo 64 controller and now that analog stick is never doing anything ever again right but then you would just like you had to explain to everyone this one's janky you gotta hold it down until you're ready to do x <laughs> y or z and then you can release it and it'll work <laughs> the disclaimer for parties was like everyone brings their like as many n64 controllers as they have because you know at least two or three are going to show up broken and at least four are leaving broken yeah. So, like, just make sure you bring, and, like, I always thought it was neat because you would run into those people who had, like, limited editions, who had, like, played in tournaments or run raffles, so, like, they would be gold or silver, or they yeah. just bought them, you know? You would, you'd see so many cool things like that, and all, like, people would show up with their hardware to play Goldeneye. Dude, and listen. It's such a cool thing. <laughs> My first first-person shooter is Goldeneye, and... I think, like, most people's, right? That are, like, yeah. perfect dark, also on the N64. Yeah, but I just... I spent a lot of time. So when I did play with my friends, my one friend that lived close enough for me to play with, we would play a ton of Goldeneye because he is he in the room with you right now. Can you can you see him? Are you suggesting it's an imaginary friend? Yes, that's what I'm suggesting. That is a whole nother story, (laughs) Terry. I did have an imaginary friend, and I named him Steve. Interesting, interesting. We can dive into that in the next therapy session. So, <laughs> your imaginary friends aside, um, Goldeneye would probably be my number one pick for N64. Not my number one, like, you know, pick of all time, but if not Ocarina, it would probably be Goldeneye. Not like, I think I had more fun playing other games or like by myself, the different experiences. But when I think N64, I think Goldeneye or maybe, I guess, a Pokemon Stadium. The second one, though, I think is better than the first one. Oh, it's 100% that's- is better. That's, you know, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess if we're going my favorite party game, it's got to be either Mario Kart, um, just because of all, even as an adult, all the, like, memories on the 64 still, not even just, like, expansion versions mm-hmm. for different stuff. Um, or I really, like I said, I really enjoy the Donkey Kong 64 multiplayer, and a lot of people had never, I, I met, had not played it or had not owned, like, Donkey Kong 64, so then it was, like, refreshing, also, like, a shooting game kind of, you know? Yeah, you know what? I might have to amend my answer because while I think Goldeneye is a better game, I played a lot of Donkey Kong 64 multiplayer and single player. And the same could be said for, I don't know if you played much of it, but Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, yeah. Or also, though, Smash Bros. Like, Ooh, yeah, I played right. a fuck ton of Smash Bros. I still do. That's still one of my favorite games. Like, Smash Bros. Like, the original Smash Bros. for the N64 was such a cool game. And I love I love fighting games. I still love fighting games. They're still probably my favorite genre next to RPGs. But fighting games were this magical thing because they held secrets that were not just locked by putting in time, but like you had to know tons of different secrets in order to unlock more secrets. And Smash Bros. is one of those that still holds secrets sometimes. Where it's like, oh yeah, to unlock this character, what do you have to do? Do you have to beat the game with this character? No, no, no. You have to play this mini game 374 times. And then Jigglypuff will show up. You beat up Jigglypuff, and then her friend shows up. It's like, what the fuck is Smash Bros? <laughs> yeah, so it's like... <laughs> I haven't thought about about Smash Bros. secrets. and Because, I mean, the new one that just came out for the Switch isn't necessarily like that. You know what I mean? No, everyone's unlocked from the get-go. And... Or you well, have to pay true. for you, the expansions. You, or... you pay for the expansions, but also, like, you can just unlock people by, like, playing a lot, was how yeah. I... You know, like, you just you yeah. sit there and does put it, enough does time. Does it require a certain, like, 
like seek I think of it almost like you're trying to crack a safe and it's gotta be like turned this direction. One hundred percent. Yeah. And like it was a little bit weirder back then, I guess, because like you hadn't seen a lot of those, but Again, it was the magic of the Nintendo. It held secrets to me. Whereas in the PlayStation, I had cracked that. You know, I had a Game Genie. If I really wanted to break a game, I had cheat codes I could just type in to play a game. But I found secrets in the Nintendo 64 games. And I think that's partly why it's so magical. Because, again, it's a toy. It's, like, full of wonder for me. Yeah. And that that box of games that I have, like, those aren't even my games. And I hold on to them like they are. Yeah. Warcraft, man. Tell me. (laughs) So what other games did you dig on the N64? What else was, like, magical to you? So... We talked about like Mario Kart, but Mario Kart recently was overthrown by Mario Kart 8 for me or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or whatever the heck the one is for the Switch. I honestly think that's now my favorite version of Mario Kart, which up until then was the N64. I really like the new version. Um, I just Rainbow Road on the 64 is my favorite Rainbow Road. They have that map on the Switch. I know. I know that they do. I know that they do. But there's something about like being able to have to to have to know how to boost drift in the 64 which was much more difficult than it is on the switch yeah for sure so it required more skill and just how many hours that we put in it really honestly when i think about it it reminds me of senior year a lot and like how we did nothing but play it for months and months and months every day for context when we say months and months and months people are probably thinking like oh after school or like on weekends like no 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 (laughs) being in AP classes and then not being in normal classes means you have a lot of free time. And we filled that free time with Mario Kart 64. (laughs) Except we're on Fridays when we had movie Friday. (laughs) And then we watched movies all day. What was the place where we went to high school? It's not real. It's a mythical creature. It's the Twilight Zone. 100%. But yeah, we played a lot of uh, N64 Mario Kart. But again, like, I love it. But now, like, the Switch is the better version. Yeah. Um, Whereas in, like, you say Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is still one of my favorite Zeldas. Next to Wind Waker might be my top. Um, But because Breath of the Wild is such a different beast, it doesn't dethrone it for me. It's like a different game. Dude, don't, like... (laughs) I'm replaying Breath of the Wild currently. Like, it's because it's so relaxing to me. It's like so therapeutic that I just play it anytime I feel any kind of stress or pressure and it goes away. But it, I've, this is me like my eighth time playing it and it's not short to play. (laughs) Which do you prefer? Do you prefer Breath of the Wild or Ocarina of Time? So I prefer Wild, but Ocarina of Time still is still number one for me. And it's just because of, I think, the place in my heart that it holds more than anything. Like, I think Breath of the Wild is a better game. I think that it offers more of the same thing that I liked from Ocarina, though, like the the puzzles and stuff like that. Um, but it just, it also takes, like, I, I love open world stuff like the Fallout games or, or the uh, like the Bethesda, like the, uh, the Skyrim the games, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff, the Elder yeah. Scrolls. So, and that lets me do it, but as Link. So... It's true, and it doesn't. Like that's why why I love the game is again it doesn't hold your hand. You you jump off the plateau and you just go. And like Ocarina of Time, while we think of it as like one of the first open world games, it holds your hand for a long time. It tells you yeah. exactly where to go, where to go right. in that gigantic open world. You can't even do the 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 temples in different orders. You have to do the dungeons the way that they're set out to be done. Right. Otherwise, you can't get to the other dungeon. Yeah. Exactly. But it's still it it still has that magic for me. And again, it's probably a lot of nostalgia. But I, I think it's still just a magical experience because I didn't have a Nintendo growing up. So now whenever I boot it up, it's just like a treat for me. And like I pull out all of the accoutrement. I have the rumble pack that we mentioned, but I pull out the other 15 things that go along with it, too. Like I have my little Game Boy pack 
that you plug right. into an N64, which again, not it's not a new thing for the N64. The Super Nintendo had uh, what they called was the Super Game Boy, uh-huh. which you plugged on top of your, uh, you know, your Super Nintendo that lets you put in Game Boy cartridges so you could play, you know, Pokemon Blue on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Which your big screen was like a forty, or no, yeah, way too big, like thirty-two yeah, inch, not even uh, a 40. yeah, thirty-two inch, you know, CRT television. And again, as we called back in the the day, was the big TV in the house. If you were lucky <laughs> to have two two TVs, I, I did. I had a very very tiny CRT that I kept in my bedroom. But anyways, so with the N sixty four, like it had all those things that plugged into it. So if you're gonna play Pokemon like stadium, it was this magical thing. So one controller had a rumble pack in it. So you could feel when Ivysaur was shooting his super beam, but also you plugged in your game cartridge into your controller to load up your, you know, squad of Pokemon that carried over from your awesome adventures that you had. That's just so fucking cool. Like the tie in it's, it's what I wanted. Like when the PlayStation three came out and they came out with the Vita, I had the PSP, but you couldn't do much with it. But when the Vita came out, they were like, oh, it's going to work so well with the PlayStation 4. And it didn't. They lied to me. <laughs> Did you feel betrayed? 100%. But like the game, like Nintendo, because it's one company and they, they want that, that through line, even when they do it in really stupid ways, it still all works together. You can do something. If you have a fucking GameCube and you have a fucking Game Boy Advance, you can do shit together with it. It might not be yeah. the coolest thing. In fact, it mostly is useless and stupid. But you can do shit. But if you it want to. does actually work the way it says it will. Even exactly, if it is, like, exactly. Stupid. Like it's it's stupid, but like you can do something with it. So that's just what I love about the N sixty four. Is I look at the like fifteen expansion pack things. It even has the stuff on the bottom, which you didn't use if you lived in America. But if you were in Japan at the time, you could download and get different disc services for the Nintendo sixty four. So it just has like this this magical thing that doesn't exist in the age of the internet and as an adult but i still get this like this awesome feeling whenever i boot up an n64 because it was such a other it was such a like a mystical experience for me right but with all of my tirades aside let's let's keep going down the nintendo 64 rabbit hole let's talk about some of the games that might not have been our favorites of all time but were still awesome so what do you got for me chelsea what were some of the best games in n64 loved the star wars games uh which one so you have like um shadow, shadow of war shadow of the empire shadow of the war is lord of the rings yeah shadow yeah. of the empire and then rogue squadron right uh is that the fighter pilot one I'm yes, gonna yes. yes 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 it's only single player strangely yeah i like shadows of the, um shadows of the empire though i also really liked um uh rampage Oh God! Yes, I uh, I liked the monsters. Uh, I liked being able to crush the town. Um, <laughs> Again, we were I, children. We were very small children. Yeah, uh, Kirby's story or whatever too. Whatever I think it's just Kirby sixty four. Wasn't I wasn't a fan of the Kirby one. Um, Super Mario like sixty four, obviously. No, no, we huh. talked about that. But I think Star Fox has to be on that list. Right? Oh, Star I think yeah, Star Fox. Yep, yep, yep. You're you're right. That game um, like was so. It was so linear, you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. it was you were on rails and you could move the ship around until you got to a boss fight and then you could move full 360. But the combat was full 360 at all times in multiplayer and the campaign there was like alternate endings which I had never seen in a game before yeah. other than I guess like a fighter. But the, it was there was alternate endings that you could cycle through depending on how well you did and which secrets you unlocked in different levels and I always thought that was really cool. 
Plus, it was one of the first games I played with, like, good silly voice acting. Right. Other than, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but that's for a PlayStation episode. So, what I'm going to throw out here is Tony Hawk Pro Skater also. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. That is a PlayStation game. You're playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on an N64? What is wrong with you? I did. I did play it. Well, and I and the whatever the snowboarding game is that they had in the sixty because I didn't have a PlayStation. Well, like, they had cool was... borders on sixty four for a long time. Is that what you're yeah, thinking of? Maybe. I just but there was a bunch. Like... That's the genius of the N sixty four is they had so many fucking games on that thing. Yeah. Also, uh going off of Tony Hawk. I can't believe that you did not play Tony Hawk on a sixty well, I guess you didn't have a sixty four until you were older, but a lot of people played it on a PlayStation one. And it was much better on a PlayStation I one. I know that it was it the was audio it fidelity. Was... It was uh, it was much better on it. So my neighbor had a PlayStation and and a 64 and all the other gaming systems, and all I had was a 64. So he got it for the 64, and then he also got it for the PlayStation, and he just gave me his 64 version one. So then it was like I could play it also when I was not there. It's also th- that controller. So we can let's talk about the controller for a second. That controller was bad. It was it's cool because not- it was like the first analog stick I had ever used. It was neat. But I don't but- have. Three hands. I, I don't have three hands either, and it was always very confused. <laughs> no game utilized it well, and even once they kind of figured out how to use the analog stick, they didn't use it right. Like they still hadn't figured it out. Like you play Goldeneye, you go back and play Goldeneye, you're like, why does it do this? And we don't know still. Like <laughs> we don't know why it does that. <laughs> they were just trying to figure. They were doing their best. They were I doing also, their best to try to figure it out. I know you're going to be upset about this one too, but I played Resident Evil Two on the 64. Oh, you know, I'm not as mad about that one. A lot of people did. It was, again, still way bigger on PlayStation, but a lot of people played Resident Evil on the N64, and I think it was because that cartridge was a little bit cheaper. Like, I think you could get it at a reasonable rate compared to other N64 games, mm-hmm. which were, you know, again, sometimes 90 fucking dollars. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Shadow of the Empire. Can we talk about that again? Yeah. So, Sorry, I did, skipped right you... past it. It's okay. Did you play anything other than that first opening level of, of Hoth? All of my memories are about Hoth, so I don't think so. <laughs> this, like I, I eventually did. Like when again that that, that summer adult, we're talking about. Yes, yeah. when I was an adult, I went back after I beat Pokemon Snap. I then beat Shadows of the Empire. But as a kid, I only remember like just repeatedly tripping all <laughs> all of the walkers. And then when I got to the next level, which is the speeder bike level, failing horribly and just going back to the first level. <laughs> yeah, I think yes. I think that I also had an issue with because okay, as Terry said, I'm not terrible at video games. I just no, I said you were ter- terrible at video games. I'm disclaiming that I'm not terrible, but <laughs> some things I'm really not good at. Some specific controlling. Aspects, um, that's you know, not true. The third dimension, I would say, uh, intelligent, you know, logical reasoning, um, problem solving. Would you like to tear me down some more? <laughs> only in video games like as an adult you're a very intelligent person that's why you got into law school but when we play video games listen i'm the it's captain not my, now. it's not my fault when kyle is my partner it's not my fault <laughs> okay anyways anyways difficulty in, in star wars it was yeah okay thank you back on track it was fucking hard <laughs> i think like that was another game that just does not control well especially in the third the, person yeah. part the the turning it at all i it you had to turn so far before you got up to like an obstacle that i was running into other things <laughs> i don't the know the first that... one no no you're definitely right it was it's definitely difficult to control and th- again that game doesn't just 
doesn't just control poorly. It, it, it controls badly. Like it just, not, it is not a well put together control system for a lot of those games. And that's partly because if you play shadows of war, uh, Shadows, Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of War yeah. is really good, though. So like, it is a good if game. Anybody, yeah. If anybody wants to play it, like, <laughs> yeah, definitely check that out. Not on your N sixty four. Um, but Shadows of the Empire is like fifteen games in one. Like every single level had a new, uh, if not new protagonist, but some new control scheme, some new ability, and I understand how difficult that could be. So I'm not trying to shit on it as like it's a bad game, but overall, it was just difficult to control. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with that. Obviously, because I'm <laughs> already control challenged. So the first like adult game, the first mature game that I actually got to play, other than like some sort of Grand Theft Auto or probably like Castlevania, one of those were were rated you know above my age bracket. But Conquer's Bad Fur Day was like amazing for me when somebody handed me that cartridge, and I remember my mom not being too worried about it because again, it's like a squirrel. Like how bad could it be? But, yeah, like, there like the first thing that you fight is a gigantic shit monster and he swears all the time and he gets drunk and falls into a magical world. I fucking love Conker's bad fur day and the remake on the Xbox and the next remake that they did on something else that was coming out. I don't know if they ever finished it, but Conker's bad fur day is a perfect game. In my opinion, it controls poorly <laughs> and, and a lot of other issues, but it's still perfect to me because it all comes back together. It's a masterpiece of a video game. All of the references probably still. Isn't kind he? Of... Isn't he drunk all the time? If I remember drunk correctly. All... Yeah, yeah. You can just like there's yeah. like like power ups that you just drinking. And in the yeah. multiplayer it was so cool, and it was so gory. That was another thing. It's so like it number one controlled better. They had kind of figured it out by the time they got to Conquer's Bad Fur Day, so it controlled better. It controls like how you think it should on an N sixty four controller, like mm-hmm. rather than like how it does in Goldeneye. It's a first person shooter. And it's super gory. So, like, if you shoot a guy in the arm, his arm pops off. Which is not a thing that I had seen ever before that. Right. You were like, mm. So, I love that game. So, that one's definitely towards the top of my list. So, when we talk that, about some of these other games, what else do you got? What, Conquer's Bad Fur Day? You didn't like just that, that one? It's, no, just that it's at the top of your list. Like, that it's it's so far. I liked it. It reminded me a lot. And I don't know if it's because Rare did it and Donkey Kong 64. But it reminded me like as a more adult version of that i guess it is i mean that is essentially yeah. what it is but like you could tell their love carried over into conquer's bad fur day after they did donkey kong 64 and with that multiplayer yeah yeah um i was gonna say uh i never owned it but my neighbor did doom oh Six- okay doom yeah. on the 64 which is um, a different game by the way doom 64 is not doom like you like if you play doom no. on pc or if you play no. doom on playstation it's the original doom game doom 64 actually was a different game it was a sequel to doom yeah yeah to, or to to the first Doom or doom 2 it might have been a sequel to doom 2 i can't remember but it wasn't the same game as doom it was just called doom 64 and recently they they actually finally put it on other stuff so you can play doom 64 elsewhere but for a long time you couldn't and it's a really I good just, game yeah i just remember like the the demon looking like that was not something that I had ever really. I mean, I guess like Resident Evil came up against like Zombs, but it was not necessarily the same. Anyway, I remember it was. Uh, we would play it in the dark and get like real freaked out while we. While we there were was something it. so special about Doom because we were past the age where like that would scare us. It was polygonal. It was like just polygons on the screen, and even less, it was almost like bit art. And so you think it wouldn't be scary, but because we hadn't seen anything like that, like we weren't there for those horror games, Doom did freak me out. 
And yeah, I remember not I, being able to play too much further. I'm like, this is just scary. And they're so mean and you die so easily in it. That was like the other thing is we were, it was like so jumpy because I knew that we were going to die so quick because we had kept dying so quick. Like, I don't know. It's wild. <laughs> it was, it was just, I'm like thinking back now, like, cause I haven't thought about, I mean, like I've obviously played Doom since then on different shit that it's been remastered on, but like Have you that... played the, the newest Dooms? No, haven't bought them yet. I fully recommend them. They're both very, very good, very different kinds of games. But when it comes to just like tearing shit up, listening to heavy metal music and like shooting at demons, it does it in such a way that like they've perfected it at this point where it's almost a rhythm game. Gotcha. And it's just so fun. It's so cathartic, too, because unlike other games, so like you play Halo, you take cover, your shields replenish, you play Call of Duty, your health comes back if you stop getting shot at. In Doom, if your health starts to go down, you have to go and attack more. That's the only way to get health. That's the only way to... So the the further your health goes down, the more aggressive you get, and you you are like given bonuses for playing aggressively. So it just almost never stops. It just continues to ramp up. It's a really fun experience. Yeah, it's a good time. Just re- like, only just referencing my Doom <laughs> review that I wrote, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, so I'm sorry. I know that I just went, but Diddy Kong Racing, I just remembered. Diddy Kong Racing was another one that I think I liked more than a lot of other people because you know, obviously Mario Kart's better, and just like Donkey Kong yeah. 64, it's like why would I play that when I can play Mario 64, which is a better game as a whole or whatever. But right. Diddy Kong was so cool because it was you, you could, could fly. fly, yeah. And, and now you, you I mean, now that's set their game up, you know. Right, and now you can do all that in... In Mario Kart. But if you play a newer Mario Kart, you cannot tell me you don't see Diddy Kong racing in there. No, I do, 100%. Like, when you you fly with the gliders and stuff like that, and the, uh, you know, different wheels and stuff being good in water, when you, like, had the boat when you were in um, Diddy Kong. It was just... And there was, like, almost, like, a story mode to it, and... Exactly. And Mario Kart did not have a story... I mean, like, not that we were ever using it anyway, but... No, but it's like playing Crash Bandicoot, um, you know, CTR, like like uh, Crash Team Racing was better because like it lets you play single player in a way that didn't just feel lonely. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, I think it is like on a lot of people's list, like CTR is up there with Mario Kart. I, I prefer how Mario Kart controls, but a lot of people are like, yeah, but CTR had that cool overworld and stuff. And so did Diddy Kong and Mario Kart just didn't have that. And I think that's one of the few negatives you could say is they didn't take this really cool idea they had from Mario and carry it over. Whereas in Diddy Kong was like, let's just put some cool shit in here. Like, yeah, why why just... can't they fly? <laughs> why wouldn't they want to ride this little boat around? Exactly. Exactly. So we kind of talked uh, about Goldeneye a little bit. Did you ever play Perfect Dark? I did not ever play Perfect Dark, no. So Perfect was... Dark is like a better version of Goldeneye, honestly. That's what I've heard, but that it was more... Um... Adult, almost, I guess. Yeah, it was less arcadey. I mean, yeah. they were all arcadey back then, but it was just a little bit less so. Mm-hmm. My so TikTok's blowing up, man. You wanna, you want me to play some of these TikTok videos? Once the people I follow are going live, so we can get in with all the TikTok. other hip kids. So, speaking of something more re- more recent and relevant, <laughs> did you ever play the original Animal Crossing? On the N sixty four, I did not. I also did not. So did that come out in America? I don't think so. I I had no, never no, no, even no. heard of no, no no. It's only that's what I thought. I did not hear of Animal Crossing at the time until it came out on the GameCube. But it came out on the GameCube shortly after it came out on the sixty four. I think that they only released it in America on the GameCube though. Yeah, exactly. Like 
but but like still like I didn't I didn't even play it on the GameCube, but I I was not into anything like that. So like I even missed the bandwagon. On a for lot of Sims, games. yeah, for Sims, for like all Sims. Like when you say Sims, I know you're talking about actually like Sims, but like Sims as a genre, I missed out on all of those, including on the N64, all of the Harvest Moon games. So you, all oh, of wow. those. So I didn't play just... those until way later. Do you like them now or no? I love them. I think they're perfect games. <laughs> like some of my favorite games of all time. I went back and played all the Harvest Moons. I love Stardew Valley. I play almost anyone that gives me like I can do more than just farm, but farming really the main thing. I play all of them. <laughs> but again, as a kid, it was like it wasn't edgy. It wasn't cool. Like I right. love Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter, which is a game we haven't mentioned. Uh, but I'm oh, yeah. And that game I is forgot awful. about Turok. The game is so bad. Like, I, level two, like, I start to chug horribly, and I'd put in all the cheat code and just fill the entire room up with particle effects that the N64 couldn't handle. Like, the game was bad, but yeah. I played the fuck out of it. Whereas so, you have some of these awesome games, I'm like, nah, that looks girly. I, yeah, I can't believe I forgot about Turok because I did. I, there's a two, second one, too, right? I only own the first one, I believe. But. Yeah, Turok 2 was actually pretty fun multiplayer. I played a lot of the multiplayer on that one, not the actual normal game. Uh, I'd like to throw out there Dr. Mario. I see that was another one. I was not a fan of Dr. Mario. I like Pokemon Puzzle League. I played a lot of. Oh, that was good too. That was good too. But I played a lot of Dr. Mario on the like SNES. And but I also played a lot of Tetris. And if it wasn't Tetris, it's just not as good. Like I, when it comes to like puzzle games, if it's not Tetris, like what the fuck are you doing really? See, I yeah, I, but I think that I saw Dr. Mario before Tetris, honestly. Like probably, like that that makes sense just because of how popular it was in the nineties, but still. But still. So um Luminous, I guess. You know, I, I was Googling around, I was like, what's that game on the PSP? Luminous might be the best puzzle game. Cause it's got like beat involved as well as like blocks that are dropping. But still, Tetris was much better. And Pokemon Puzzle League was one of the hypest games ever. It was like, oh, do you like Tetris? Do you like Pokemon, too? Let's just shove some shit in there. So that leads me back to, we touched on it, but we didn't really talk about it, Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2, where they had the minigame section. Oh, my God. The the minigames are the best thing ever. I mean, I like, so I'll start from the beginning. I think that the entire game, like, the premise of getting to battle like that. Like, Pokemon, if you've listened to any of our other podcasts, you know, I was not a Pokemon kid. I was 100% a Digimon kid. We were Digimon kids. But the Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2 were so good, it made me want to be a Pokemon kid, like, a little bit. All the games did. I love all the games. I know, yeah. I mean, I'm the Game Boy and stuff, too, but, I mean, specifically, like... Seeing that in that three, the hype, the the announcer. Oh, no, an Ivysaur goes down. And you're like, oh, my God. It's super effective. (laughs) That wasn't effective at all. He's biding his time. Like, all that stuff. It was so cool. And you can fight your friends, and you got to pick your own lineup. Like, it was just so, because you got three, which I thought was, like, incredible. You know, like, you got to pick all three of them. You got to do, like, whatever. And you could fight your friends. It was just classic. And then the mini games. They're just good. There was the mini games were the best part, in my opinion. Like I loved everything you just said, but the mini games are where it's at. The yeah, sushi I mean, one, the the one where you have to harden a caterpillar or caterpie or yeah, metapod, like, whatever it was. I like the one where you have to cut it with the. Uh, I can't think. I don't. I'm not a Pokemon person, but like it's like got razor claws and it's like a log, and you have to cut it at a certain spot. Was it Scyther? 
Yes, thank you. Was that um, in the first yeah. one? No, second one. I was in the second one. That's what I thought. The first one had the Clefairy, um, where you had to match the, the different combinations. So who's better at fighting games? Will they remember the combo? Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved all of those mini games. Like to the point where like sometimes I hook up the N sixty four just so me and my daughter can play the mini game. <laughs> they're good. They're, they're so they're good. so much fun. And like honestly, they rival some of the best Mario Party mini games in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with it. Like, um I agree that like if they would have made a game that was Pokemon but Mario Party Mm-hmm. S, you know, I would have played the shit out of it because the mini games were almost more fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it wasn't because I had to wait twenty turns, and that was some, when I was younger, especially <laughs> like just so fucking long. Like, I think that was definitely part of it. Part of it too was you only really appreciated the main part of Pokemon Stadium if you had played all you could play out of the like the Game Boy games, and like the yeah. combat was your favorite part. Whereas for me, it was exploring that world was my favorite part. Now as an adult, the combat's the best part. But as a right. kid, I was like, I just want to see more of this world. I want to catch more Pokemon. And you really don't do either one of those things in the Pokemon not, Stadium. No, no, not in Stadium. Well, and I think that's why I liked it, because I did not like... I mean, I played some of the Pokemon games or whatever on the Game Boy, but not all of them, not even close to all of them. And I Yeah, you're not really a big RPG kid, really, so... Not as a kid. As an adult, I definitely am, but as a child, I just was not... was not about it. So on to things that we're weren't about. Did you play much Banjo Kazooie? That's what like that tops people's list of like some of the best games of all time. Better platformer than Mario sixty four, and I just could not care less about it. I honestly don't know if I've ever played it. I went back and played it when they came out with the rare replay on the Xbox, and uh-huh. it's good. Like it's fun to play, and I get why people think it's better. Like it controls very well, and it has like their formula down. But I just was more about Donkey Kong and Mario. So I yeah. missed out on that bandwagon. I have no nostalgia for Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, I don't. I uh, I have none either. Now I feel kind of bad. But we have not uh, talked about Super Mario 64 hardly at all. I think we touched on a little bit when we were talking about Overwatch. Well, let's talk about it then. So this game... So it, it, launched ahead, ahead. With, it launched with the system. I think it yep. was one of three. I don't remember what the other two are. But I know that everyone was it was that in pilot wings yeah yeah but i don't i don't think i ever played pilot wings to be honest you don't need to it's fine <laughs> it's not, me. <laughs> not missing anything but that game uh i mean i know that ocarina is my favorite uh but super mario 64 is a is a good fucking game 64 so, is a perfect game in my opinion it's, it's not it's, my favorite game but it's a perfect game no it's i agree it's so good the secrets in it i mean we've talked about how nintendo likes to do the secrets the secrets that were in it like i just looking was, up in that that little room like the the like the foyer of the castle yeah and going getting transported to a secret world just because you looked up yeah like that is magical yeah Jumping into the different places, like the different like paintings, finding out there's a secret hidden wall that unlocks a secret hidden level. How fucking cool is that world? Yep. That and, made me I fall mean, in love with hub worlds. Not only that, but like being able to do it in whatever order you were like. So I was not felt very like good. basically. Right. I was not very good at water levels, like, you know, still. <laughs> so I just put it off and get all the stars from all the other levels and then finally like have to just force somebody else probably to play it to beat the water level. I could do it, but I was so afraid of it because there's that one level in that game where if you get too close to the ship, there is 
a eel that pops out at you. Yeah. And above yep. you is the giant dinosaur, Lapras looking thing. Yeah, with like the, the head. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like swimming around. And that was that frightened me. It was it was majestic and cool, but it also still scared me because I didn't I understand. I think also because it was like underground. So it was just like the whole feeling of it was because I had the same, I had a very similar experience. Like I did not like that. Right. At all. Like, I don't know. Something about it was scary. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Like the music or whatever that was going on too. It was just the whole combination. Like, just was. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say also, like, not even the hub worlds, but just exploring like outside the castle. So neat. Like, I've never seen anything like that in a game. And again, even with Ocarina of Time, that world is so cool, but it's so dangerous to explore. Yeah. If you're not, especially when you're a child and you're not good. Exactly. And you're not good at, you don't understand that maybe you don't have the right thing for that area, or maybe you need to use these bombs against this enemy. With Mario, you didn't have that, you know? You had your fist and you could jump on them. And that was it. And that's why it was so cool to explore around that castle, because there were no enemies. There's a boo in a couple of spots, but other than that, you could just kind of explore. And I remember driving my grandmother who had the N64 at her house. Cause my cousin lived there being so mad at me when I would play Mario to where she would make me stop playing it because I couldn't read yet, but I wanted to know what every single sign said. So uh, my grandmother who was like funny. in her sixties at the time, I'm like, you know, I would, I would do this. And she'd be like, what the fuck do you want now? And I'm like, can you read this sign to me? She's like, no, I just read that other sign. Like just get the, <laughs> pick up the fucking baby penguin. I'm pretty sure that's what they want. Like learn how to fucking read. <laughs> Which I did eventually when I played Final Fantasy VII like a year after that, but still. Yeah. (laughs) But it it was just, it was a really, really cool game to explore, and it still controls well. Like, Mario Kart 64 still controls better than a lot of other, like, like platforming games that I've played today. Yeah, the way you you could move the camera was, like, the first time that I remember that, being able to move it, like, having as much control over it. And it was so weird because you actually couldn't do that like mid moving, like you like you would stop and then adjust the camera or whatever. Right. Yeah. You had to. Yeah. It was. It's clearly it's outdated. But like I being able to do that was like. Yeah, it was magical because like even if you had played 3D games, like if Mario Kart wasn't your first or Mario 64 wasn't your first 3D game, which it probably was, but in some cases, you know, people got to it late. It still was like, oh, this was. You could tell that this was an experiment. And it was yeah. an experiment gone right. It was so genius, too, when you think about it. Well, and, I mean, especially because I had played on the NES and the SNES, like, like Super Mario 3, I really, I really, really, like, all of the Super Mario games I had already, like, played already. I had already, like, experienced it. And so to see it in, like, all of the fruition, almost, because I didn't play a lot of Zelda games before Ocarina of Time. I've since gone back and played them, but I was not familiar with it with the like the franchise even until the 64 whereas mario i definitely knew who the fuck mario was like i'd been playing ga- mario games before i had the 64 so <laughs> but it, it was just like to see it like all realized and to see like all of the worlds instead of like having the eight levels you've like had the different windows that you could jump through it was just incredible like it was it was really really neat so let's not necessarily wrap up but we're getting close there but let's uh, go through some of the games again that like we just didn't play even though they were big on there. So big one on my list, because I always wanted to play it, was Rayman 2, because I love Rayman 1 for the PS1. And when I found out there was a sequel, and it didn't come to PlayStation 1, it hurt me on the inside. Like, it was the first time I felt wronged by a company. (laughs) And I remember seeing tons of ads for it. I'm like, oh my god, Rayman 2. And I remember my mom going, yeah, honey, it didn't come out on the PlayStation. And I was like, what the fuck? Why would they do that? 
it made right. its home on the PlayStation 1, and it just never did. But it's a really good game if you go back and play it. I still haven't played it, but I know so many people regard it as one of the best. Like, you should go check it out if you like platformers. Um, you mentioned you never played Pokemon Puzzle League, but you should go back and do that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, go so ahead. One I, one I have never played, but one that uh, my boyfriend is obsessed with and actually bought for the Switch strictly because of the nostalgia he felt for the 64 version is Mario Tennis. Ooh, Mario Tennis is another one I didn't play back then. I play it now. I fucking love Mario Tennis, but... Yeah, he played uh, Mario Tennis and Mario Golf and all the, like, I never really got never really got into the sport games and still really haven't, but I had never played Mario Tennis, and he, like I said, as soon as he found out it was coming out, he was like, we gotta get it! Do you play it now? Yeah, we played it. It's 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 more for him. Like I don't really. Still it's so play. good, man. Like I love. It's not my games, thing. I just I didn't don't play like... those. I was going to bring up a lot of the sports games. So the Mario sports games are where it's at when it comes to the N sixty four. They're some of the best. But I didn't really play them back then. I play them now. It, the GameCube perfected almost all of them. You had you know Slugfest, Strikers, uh, the tennis one. You had golf. They're all so good, and they continue to get better. But that's really where they all started, and where people started to fall in love with them. Uh, but I didn't. And, but like the N64 had tons of other good sports games, too, that I really wasn't a huge fan of. Like I didn't mm-hmm. become to later like uh, Slugfest, um, which was like the cartoony arcade version of like, you know, MLB games. Mm-hmm. Then you had NFL Blitz, which is still awesome. I have gone back and played that one, but I like the later versions. But it was arcade football, which is another thing I hadn't seen. I'd only ever yeah. played Madden. Yeah, we still have uh, we still have that one actually. We right. he, we bought it recently for the sixty four. He was, I said they probably make it like they on something new. No, I said <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I never played Earthworm Jim. Ooh, Earthworm Jim is good. I have seen like a bunch of clips well, videos let's, let's from it. It, it seems the like the game isn't good. It's funny. Yeah, that's. I mean, I've seen like a lot of as I've gotten older, like on different video game, like whatever that I follow on Instagram or on um twitter like when they post like clips from games or gifts from games or stuff like that i see a lot of earthworm gym ones done but i just had never but i feel like i played it now because i've seen so much of it you know but i had right. never uh had a never lot of people it. feel about earthworm gym the same way they felt about sonic where it's like it looked so cool and it had so much like style but the game is not that good <laughs> and i know that's like blasphemy for people who love sonic i think some of the sonics are very good and a lot of them are not right. um I know you didn't play these, but I played a lot of them. The WWF No Mercy games. Yeah, I didn't play. I didn't play. Those either. were some of the best fighting games ever and still are. Like, they're up there. They're pretty solid. Um, but they're just, like, silly. And, again, it was that four player. It's, like, four people in the ring. You know, one dude's a ninja. One dude is The Rock. You know, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, like, a solid game. I never played 1080 Snowboarding. That thing that kind of falls onto those lists because, like, you played Cool Boarders on the PlayStation because, you know, you were... Yeah, like, I, I did play 1080 Snowboarding, though, and there I always picked the yellow board. I don't know why. I think it was a, I think it was a girl, and I just it was liked faster. her outfit or something. No, it was did not you ever even play... like that. <laughs> did you ever play Paper Mario? No, I have not played Paper Mario. Paper Mario is a really good one to go back to if you like RPGs or if you want to get into RPGs. It's a really solid one. Um, Super Mario um, RPG is probably better, but that's for the SNES. But Paper Mario is a really fun version of it on the N64. That's just like fun and it introduced like actual like button presses during combat. So traditional RPG, you know, you'd press a button and your guy would attack. But in this one, you'd press a button, your guy would attack, and you would have to follow up with some sort of, like, sometimes it was a combo, sometimes it was mash this button, that kind of thing in combat. And right. it, was just, it was just enough to, like, oh, okay, now RPGs are less boring if you found them boring before. 
Yeah, so you just had to like pay more attention almost. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> we mentioned, you know, a lot of Mario 64, but there were some really good racers on the N64 that weren't Mario. Wave Race comes to mind that everyone loved. I thought it was fine. It was cool to be on water, but it didn't control well because you're on fucking water. The Grand um, Prix, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was some Grand Prix game. I did play that one. It was pretty fun, but it just wasn't as like... Because it wasn't arcadey, you know? You're not yeah, Mario. Yeah, it wasn't entertaining. As F-Zero like. X was really good, but way too hard for me at the time. I don't know if you ever played any of the F-Zero games. I don't think so. They're, you know, they're hyper fast. It's what Captain Falcon's from. Oh, yeah, but no, I've never played them. Yeah, I mean, now, I, now I can the best, place them. But, yeah. yeah, but F Zero X was a good one. Star Wars Episode One Racer, which they recently remastered and put on a bunch of stuff. You can go play it today. Is a pretty solid game, actually. Didn't even if you're put, not a big fan of Star Wars, didn't they just put that on the Switch? Yeah, thing? yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they just remastered it. You can buy it in a bunch of places. It's really, really good. Nice. Um, especially if you like Star Wars. But even if you don't like Star Wars, pod racing is just kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I don't like that in the first movie, like. <laughs> so that about does it for all of that stuff. Let's go into like some like final memories, final thoughts on the N64. Anything so, special about it that we didn't get to? My final thoughts would have to center around Majora's Mask, which we didn't spend a lot of time on. That perfect. Um, that game sort of felt like a coming of age. Mm. So I pl- I played it later, right? I didn't play it when it came out. Um, I played it several years after that, and it okay. was so much darker, and I and so much like so it was mean spirited almost adult feeling. Um, it remains one of my favorites, but it really uh pushed me towards towards thinking that games weren't for kids. I like had sort of gone through a phase where I was like. I don't really want to play these games any, you know, I don't really want to play well, games video games anymore. are for kids. Cause like that was also a big mentality back then. Right. And then when I played Majora's mask, I was like, this is not for a child. This is uh, <laughs> now, now what I want to play all the time. <laughs> so it's sort of almost like I was at a crossroads and it pushed me to continue to want to play video games, which I still enjoy playing today. So. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, those are my final thoughts, I guess. Like, all the rest so, of the games. And... <laughs> I mean, I, I shared like almost the exact same thoughts with with you for Majora's Mask. It was dark and it was cool. Way too hard for me when I was playing it. I did not understand what the fuck I needed to do. I played I... tons of Ocarina of Time and I understood that one. And I get Majora's Mask and I borrow it. And then I'm like, There's, I only get one day and then the fucking world ends. What the fuck do I do? I was just I was still too young to grasp it. I like. Ha- yeah. So I played it later. So I had a notebook, though, that I would like keep track of all this, like where people were and what uh, I, I would have loved playing doing. that originally like that. Uh, later right, on, I, I played it and I didn't have the same exploration. I knew what happened. You know, I think I played it. I want to say I was like inst- and it came out, I think, in 2000. So I would have been seven. But I think I played it when I was like 11. And so I had 11 or 12 and I had more of like a mentality to be able to solve. Cause it's definitely like not for the same age bracket. I would even say because it's no, so complicated not. trying to figure it out. But and again, and that, that world is so, so dark, so pessimistic in comparison to Hyrule, even yeah, like, Hyrule in the apocalypse. Yeah. Like the villagers are fucking mean. <laughs> they're mean. They're sad. They're like, yeah, so the world's going to end. Why the fuck do I care? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we could stop it. They're like, go fuck yourself, kid. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thank <laughs> stay you. Away for, from stay away from I'm going to go back and talk to the scarecrow, even though I think he might want to like molest me, but he at least was upbeat. The moon was fucking terrifying looking. The moon still haunts my dreams. The moon and the scarecrow <laughs> from Majora's Mask still are like, hey, buddy. And I'm like, oh, God. Why and did I go to sleep? Skull kid dies. And I'm like, ooh. 
But or, you, you know, look at like, the lore of it. Like, I love Majora's Mask. I love everything they did with it. Playing it as an adult was way cooler, I think. I still would have loved playing it at your age. 11 or 12, I think, would have been the perfect time to do it. Yeah. But playing it as a 20-year-old was still fun. No, uh, I mean, it's, still, it's got good replay value. I mean, for me, I still have to, like, at least take some notes about what the fuck is going on. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not, well, not, I don't play it often enough. I don't play it once a year like I play Ocarina. So it's like I don't have all of, like, where everyone is. <laughs> right. <sighs> okay, so my final thing. Uh, have you ever heard of tactics RPGs, Chelsea? I know, you, I know you like you started to get in a little bit more into RPGs, but have you dove that far into the JRPG well to start playing some of the other weird offshoots? No. So I don't know a tactics what that is. RPG is like you know you play Final Fantasy, and when your guy attacks, you know you select attack, he attacks, the enemy takes their turn, they attack at you, that's it. Is it kind of like, what is it, Wasteland or whatever? No, that's different. No? That, that's an okay. isometric RPG. <laughs> There's so many different names and subgenres. Anyway. So this one is a little bit different. Think of more like a chessboard, where you move your guy around the field on your turn, and you can attack. Uh-huh. Have you seen any of those before? Yeah. Okay, so th- this is this is about those. So I had stumbled across a lot of those games growing up with the PlayStation. There was a ton of them. Best one being Final Fantasy Tactics. That game is still perfect. Go back and play it. One of the best Final Fantasies. Doesn't get enough credit. Um, but I was always weirded out by them because I loved Final Fantasy VII and it wasn't that. And they were a little bit harder. There was more stuff you had to worry about. And so, like You can kind of spam your way through a lot of JRPGs. If you click attack enough or if you knew the button to do the special move, you'd probably survive. But with a tactics game, you had to know how to maneuver. It, again, it was like chess-like. You had to know that your guy can move this far or this archer can shoot this many spaces in order to win. And my cousin had this game with a sweet purple dragon on it. And I always wanted to play it because that cover on the fucking N64 cartridge looked so goddamn cool. You put it in and it had a bunch of words on the page, which I couldn't read because I didn't know how to read. And <laughs> and it was there was like flames. I'm like, this game is so cool. It's like this anime art style. And then you start playing and it wasn't that because you had to move your guy around the field and the dragon killed me every goddamn time. And I couldn't fucking figure it out. But later on, when I got old enough to afford to buy a second hand, uh, Nintendo 64 and I could only get Super Smash Bros. They had one other game there and I read it and it was called Ogre Battle 64 and it had that purple fucking dragon on the cover. I was like, it's that fucking game. And I went back and played it and it is one of the best tactics RPGs ever and it has such an awesome story. It really, really cool. Like All the different classes that you can play and I could go on and explain why it's a cool RPG, but you get it. You fucking you move your guy around the field like a chess match, but it was coming back to a game that I couldn't understand as a child and looked so cool. And I wanted to like it so goddamn much. It was kind of like a fire emblem was a similar thing. Like I couldn't get into fire emblem on the game boy as a kid. I just wasn't good enough at it. And then coming it's back hard. To adult, it's fucking hard. Exactly. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, especially like on the game boy format, it's just hard. Like... <laughs> it's, it's almost impossible. But ogre battle 64 is a really, really cool game. Um, not to be confused with like Tactics Ogre, which is a different gang uh, altogether, but Ogre Battle 64. I'm bringing up a picture. Um, it's got the sweet purple dragon on it. There's like 20 different classes. Ooh, it's even cooler than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> just just listen to me look up pictures of Ogre Battle. Are uh, you trying to are you trying to like find a version of it or you already own a version of it? Uh, I own a, a couple of versions. 
<laughs> I think if I were to go back through stuff, but uh, I'm definitely going to download one now. So it, the, <laughs> the publisher was Atlas. Um, okay. And Atlas makes a ton of really good RPGs still today, which it makes a lot of sense. Like they're the, some of the people behind um, like Persona. Okay. So it's just interesting to see that lineage there and how good it was. But again, it was just like this elusive game and it was Japanese too. Like what the fuck is Ogre Battle 64? Um, person of lordly caliber is the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> and as a kid, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's just so weird and out there. And I didn't see a lot of that stuff. So I was just obsessed with it and then being able to go back and play it just holds a special thing in my heart. Um, thank you, James. Shout out if you're listening to this for letting me destroy all of your Nintendo games, letting me play Ogre Battle 64 on your green Nintendo. It was really cool of you. You had a green one, too. Was it the see-through green? It was the see-through. Oh, of course. So it was 64 version. Got it. So good. <laughs> so anyways good. uh this has been right in the fields thank you so much for listening like all of our other podcasts head over to can't be killed creations.com and check out our web comics our other podcasts drop a review on itunes or any of the podcast apps you listen on five stars please if it's less than five stars we don't want to hear about it you can just hate us silently if you'd uh, prefer if you want to hate us non-silently or if you have some praise or some questions you can write them in at can't be killed creations at gmail.com and you can talk about how bad chelsea is at video games but not because she's a woman i won't open up those ones she's just bad at video games because she's bad at stuff um i on the other hand am bad at video games and it is because i'm a man i i honestly think that <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can write in those comments you think if you were a woman you'd be better at them one hundred percent. It just the dick gets in the way. You know, it's the third. It, you know, I think that was the third thing with the Nintendo sixty four controller. I just couldn't that's figure out. Want, you know, that's they wanted you to use. One hundred percent. Also, I want to throw this out there. We are launching a Patreon very soon, so keep your eyes out for that. If you like our content, you can throw us a buck or two. It really helps out. It'll make sure I can pay Chelsea when she's a big time lawyer, and it'll make sure I can pay my wife alimony when she decides to leave me because I spend so much time podcasting. Well, who do I have to represent as you or your wife is the question. I mean, you can represent both, can't you? Can't we just get it done in litigation then? Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of... Or uh, arbitration, I mean. Ar arbitration, yeah. But I feel like it's a little bit of a conflict of interest. But yeah, I mean, I could, I guess. Let's put it this way. Neither one of us will be able to afford a real lawyer. Uh, so having oh, no, it's a law not, student it's arbitrator... <laughs> for free, first of all. I stand by what I said, though. We can't afford a real lawyer. We could probably afford you. <laughs> That's rude. You're still in law school. I think that's fair. I think it's You're fair. You're not getting divorced right now. It depends on when she finds out how much podcasting I do. That's true. She must already know. She lives in the same house as you. It's not that big a house. Yeah, it's not. She's probably very upset still. But anyways, I'm going to go try to console my wolf, wife and eat more Cheetos. Thank you so much for listening, Chelsea. 